Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so that people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. I'm Jerry, And I'm Jo. And this is the first episode of a new series, Series 4. Each month, one podcast will be dedicated to the human journey through the social work lens from pre-birth to end of life. The other will be tackling some big issues in our world, again, through a social work lens, racism, migration, homelessness, climate change. Thank you for continuing to listen as we come into series four. Please do tell us what you think of the podcasts, and you can do this by visiting our website, www.helpfulsocialwork.com, or by commenting on iTunes or on our Facebook page, Helpful Social Work Podcast. We do want to hear from you. And Jerry, this is our first series looking at the human journey through the social work lens. I really love the idea of thinking of social work through the lifespan. Human development was my absolute favorite topic at uni. Uh, that's if I recall. And I have carried that idea of us growing and evolving ever since. We're the sum total of our genetics, our experience and the context we live in. And social work is about trying to find a way to help everyone make sense of that and their own journey. Um, and your journey begins pre-birth. Yes. So I'm going to start with a definition and then we probably need to have a little conversation about how this podcast will work. So the definition, um, I looked at what birth means and it encapsulates so many ideas. So it's the process of bearing young, which is a fairly um, dry statement for what is a an extreme experience. The act yes. or fact of being born, <laughs> coming into existence. Um, it's also things like ancestry and lineage and um, natural or mm. inherited talent, like an artist by birth. Um, and it, you did originally mean birth meant that the, the thing that was born as well. So in our understanding of that word, there's the process of being born. There's the event of birth. There's an understanding of a person, you know, um, that, that you have some identity and then that carries on through your life. And so it really does echo across the life course. And it's a daunting topic, isn't it? Because it's not just complex but and nuanced, but there's actually a lot of emotional and social and cultural baggage mm. that goes with I this. Was, when yeah, I agree, Jerry. When I was um, researching for this and, and starting to write my thoughts down, I went through every journey possible, I think. Um, it raises so many questions for you. Um, and, and, and I think for me, we can only say what, what it's made us think about and what we still wonder about and have and have a good honest conversation about it and um see see where we get to yeah and be really honest i think about the fact that um it has really personal significance this topic mm. um our understanding mm. of human existence um what pre-birth is what it means to be born what we expect of parenthood, how we parenthood, what we think of you know, mothers and fathers should be like. You know, all of these things are really, they say they're really socially and culturally kind of loaded, um, but they're also really personal yes. because of our own experience of that and the people that we know. And so 
for all that we'll be talking about some of the law and some of the evidence and some of the practice, we've got to be constantly aware of the fact that none of this is objective, really. So it's complex. Yes. Well, there's not even agreement on when life begins, actually. And this controversy exists for many reasons. And I know that we're not qualified to sit judge or jury on this um, argument, but for reasons of medical intervention, abortion and rights over the fetus, this is a really thorny area. Um, You know, the woman carries the child in her body. How much right does she have to say what happens while she's the host to that child? You know, society stopped a long way short of intervening with a woman's right to behave as an individual during her pregnancy. However, some societies have said that a woman must carry her child to term once she's pregnant. Others have agreed that until a certain time she's able to abort that fetus. Um, and I'm really tempted to try and dodge this whole debate, actually. <laughs> but, uh, but I do think that, that we, need to, we need to have a discussion about it. I mean, women can suffer all sorts of trauma and abuse at the hands of others that can result in pregnancy. Women's own actions can be half the reason that there's an unplanned pregnancy. Women can carry genes that can contribute to struggles and ill health for their unborn child, and so can a woman's partner. It feels to me in social work our role is to listen to an individual and support them to make decisions that seem right and just to them and that part of what we should do is give them good and fair information and support them to carry out their choice when they need it. This is kind of the way that I developed my practice when I used to work um, in the disability field and I would sometimes be working with women and families where um, they knew that they had um, genetic issues and they were wanting to talk to somebody about what they should do. And it's it's really tricky, you know. You really need to examine your own values and belief systems around this issue. You need to understand when you think a child becomes a viable human and, you know, when their needs start to be considered to be in competition with the mother's. And I think it's important to understand the legal, ethical and societal context you're practising social work in so you can understand the full impact of these values. I mean, I think empathy is the starting point, isn't it? Um, And that's really difficult when it's something that is probably going to have resonance with you, that you need to be able to contain your own responses so that you can properly understand the other person's response. Mm. I mean, it's a core social work Mm. skill, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. and And it's difficult when it's something that that can affect your own touch on your own values and beliefs and experience so strongly. I mean, there's something that was one of the major topics that we discussed in ethical um, debates at university when I was studying social work. We did a course on ethics and values. And I would always come back to the code of ethics, not because it gives the answer, but because it's a nice, Mm. it's an important touchstone. So professional integrity, individual empowerment and social justice are the areas that the code of ethics covers. And in the discussion about human rights around birth, all of these three areas really matter because we need to know what the professional expectations are and how this fits with our professional integrity and our personal integrity and really be proactive about seeking support when there's a conflict. Mm. We do have to promote individual empowerment. So in this area, I think as in many areas of social work where it's, it's complex, it's complex because there's competing rights 
so we've got to be thinking about rights and empowerment but recognizing that there will be overlapping issues probably and that's where it gets difficult and then social justice element of this I really think is about options for people yes it's um really something that that gets you thinking and for me I thought I kind of started off thinking about the medical and legal and social definitions and I started to think okay I'm I'm really wanting to understand what are we talking about in terms of pre-birth in terms of the fetus or the unborn um yeah, there's no language is there here either that isn't loaded I was thinking about when I was when I was yeah. talking I was thinking I'm picking my words yeah but there's not yeah. the right way of saying anything um, again, mm. that you have to listen, I guess, to what people say themselves, um, but also yes. what the law and the evidence says. Yeah, and I think you know that most the the profession that's mostly involved with the parent is actually the medical profession, the health visitor, maternity nurses, the GP, and they're concerned with supporting the woman and her partner to maintain the health of their baby through their behaviour. Um, the law talks in times in terms of viable and pre-viable fetuses, and it also talks about the child not having independent legal status until it is completely separated from the body of its mother. So I think it's probably quite helpful to think about why we would get involved at all, why the social work profession would get involved at all. There's, yeah, there's the, is this a potential child in need? Mm. So might the child need extra support even yep. when born? And there's also the potential child protection. May, may, may there be a need for additional protection if and when born, or prior to the, prior to being born. I think I think so. For me, the child in need one um, is is when you may have um, a parent who is experiencing difficulty with their pregnancy, or who has had uh, previous children born who have had disabilities or difficulties, and who knows that they might have the same obstacles or has had some kind of test which tells them actually that their child will have issues um, and scans can often show up issues uh, and the social work needs to be involved in supporting the parent. First of all, the distress that it causes when you know that there's something happening to your child in utero that you can't do anything about and that you might not be able to carry that baby to term or if you do that they might become ill. Um, and then support around any decisions that they might need to make. Um, because not all p people who have children who have um, lots of complex needs feel that they're able to parent those children, even if they are able to carry to them to term. So there's a whole range of support work that social workers would be involved in there, social workers um, who work in hospital settings or who work in disability fields would be involved in and then the, for me, the potential child protection um, is often with parents whom we know who are behaving in ways that we believe is a risk to the unborn child. So, for instance, there might be extreme domestic violence in a relationship, which is causing injury um, and distress both to the mother and therefore to the unborn child. But there also might be drug use um, in that family, which is causing 
concern for the safety of the fetus, the health and the well-being of the fetus in utero, um, alcohol issues. There might be homelessness, so therefore um, difficulty managing, you know, shelter and warmth and nutrition. And there might also um, be mental health issues where the mother might be self-harming or, um, you know, distressed in, in many different ways. And all of those can have impacts on the pregnancy. And what you've made me think, and we'll get into a bit more about child protection in a moment, because I think that is a really an area we need to discuss more. But what you've made me think about there in both areas, both in terms of children need and child protection considerations pre and during and immediately after um, pregnancy are the the fact that this is this is very individual, isn't it? very individual yes. um but it's individuals in context again and that's what the social worker is looking at and trying within the law obviously and within policy to allow that individual empowerment to come through and that's really tricky um and one of the things that has made me think is that not only is it really helpful to look at evidence but it's also helpful to hear from people who have been through this I think that mm. the voice of lived experience um, of parents and of also of, of children that have grown up with a disability, for example, or that have had difficult um, experiences in very early childhood who can talk about what would have been helpful. That's something that we need to really hang on to here. Advances in the way people talk about their experiences have really contributed to making difference to how we think about things in this area. That's um, linked to something that you mentioned in your notes about what we might talk about, which is Galinsky's model of parenting, mm. um, the stages of, I guess, becoming a parent. And you, you put that stage one is image making. Yes. Yeah, it's where we start to imagine that from the minute we get pregnant, we start to think about what our child is going to be like, what our experience of being a parent is going to be like, what our mother and father are going to be like as grandparents, We, how the dog will take to it. You know, there's no area of our life that we don't unturn um, and think about in our mind. And we project all of this hopefulness onto the unborn child. And the process of being pregnant and giving birth. And that's one of the reasons when you're a social worker working within the disability field or the medical field, you understand that part of what happens when you talk to a parent about what you understand is happening for, the, for their unborn baby, that they have to lay down some of what they've already imagined. Because what's going to happen is that this child will not be the child that they've already imagined. And we need to help them in social work reimagine that possibility. And I suppose that reimagining could also happen if somebody is really frightened about whether they would be able to protect a child, for example, if they've experienced violence themselves and you would be wanting to help them imagine a future when they could. So I suppose it's always building up the thinking about how you could be a parent in the circumstances that you're in, how you could change those circumstances. Yep. How you can respond to the different facts 
of 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 what you've got. I mean, for many people, we don't know what our child will be like until they arrive, actually. But for some of us, we have some limited knowledge about that, mostly based on a quite a narrow medical set of circumstances. But of course, each person is so much more than their medical history. Um, Creating the space yeah. to think about that and to do that imagining work is particularly vital because there's so much public interest in pregnancy. It is a very personal individual thing, but it's really watched by everyone around. You oh, don't get it's to do fascinating. this, do you, in, you know, in your own space. So actually for a social worker to mm. create some space to think about this where it's not constantly other people's views. Mm. It's, it is a really, really big space, isn't it? And when you're pregnant, um, if you smoke, if you eat brie cheese, if you drink a glass of wine, if you exercise too much, if you don't exercise enough, um, if you wear clothes that are too tight fitting or too high shoes, or th there's so many different things, some of which are based on uh, evidence and some of which are based on nothing that people offer you as advice when you're pregnant um, and people feel that they can touch you and they feel that they can talk about their own experiences or expectations of how you'll be as a parent and these are not just um, people whom you're close to who are your family but these are people at your work uh, strangers will tell you about their delivery I mean try to talk about the fact that you might have no drugs in a water birth or that you might want lots of drugs and delivery. There's so there's so much public ownership of pregnancy. It's really interesting. Yeah, so creating that personal relational space as a social worker mm. would be really vital, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you're a vulnerable person struggling in any way to manage your pregnancy, it's very hard to find a safe space to talk about those struggles in. So can we talk about the the contested evidence around child protection then um, pre-birth? So we've had we've had lots of developments in neuroscience, understanding brain development, understanding um, how child, children develop pre and post birth. Um, mm. But that's also been, you know, we're always prone, aren't we, to oversimplifying research. And so we've ended up with some kind of rules of thumb that might not help. Um, and of course, you know, as I said at the start, research isn't created or used in an objective vacuum. It's used mm. in context um, and it's overlaid with, with all our ideas about how things should be. Yeah, and I think this is particularly interesting in, in the field of um, child protection. And certainly some years ago, there was um, a justification for early intervention, um, which I'd like to say that I think is really important. But um, part of it was based on um, the brain image of a child who had been who had who had suffered extreme deprivation, one and two, um, we weren't even sure whether the child had been born that way or whether the child had um, the child's brain had changed as a result of deprivation so there was there was a lot of problems about that image and it was used to um, really say this is what happens to children who are neglected 
Um, so it was misused, I guess. The image was misused in popular conversation. Um, and so that's been quite problematic, I think, um, because it's led, led to people um, believing that children um, who experience neglect perhaps have have um, more damage than some of them do. And that's been one of the problems. And it's that balance, isn't it, of prevention and early intervention is really important and Critical. also intervening before anything happens is... Harder. Is, well, <laughs> yeah. Some, somebody, something might happen, therefore we're going to stop yeah. it. You know. and, and, th and, and that's a lot of what working with parents in the child protection arena in pre-birth is, is about, Jerry. You know, based on this person's past behaviour and usually their past parenting experiences and based on their current behaviour, then it is most likely that this child will suffer damage or danger, this child, this unborn child will be in danger if we do not come alongside this mother and both support and challenge her to care for herself, therefore for her unborn child, very differently in this pregnancy. That's where it's so it's so tricky, isn't it? And I think the the question um, that you've posed and again in the notes when we were thinking about this, you know, what are we trying to protect mm. the unborn child from? And what might we be trying we to protect to really the child from? That. Yeah, it has to be yeah. so clear, doesn't it? And so evidenced yeah. and so transparently discussed. Um, mm. And there's there's some there's some really big issues here, aren't there? There's the fact that we we don't want to be saying that someone's future is written in their past or their present. Um, we have competing rights. The other thing is the the fact that a lot of this discussion that you you just said yourself you're working with mothers but they are in a network as well and i think we mm. do struggle to um draw in all the people who are responsible and accountable we also need to think about fathers in all of this because actually this is this is the other really interesting thing isn't it fathers are also expectant parents now they're behaviour and their rights and their wishes are another part of this equation that social workers have to listen to and take into account. And if there's conflict between the mother and the father, that can be really, really difficult. And if on top of that, there's also risk-taking behaviour on part of the father, in other words, drugs or alcohol, violence, extreme mental health, um, gang-related activity, whatever it is, then that can also be considered to be a risk to the unborn child. So I think it's the it's the care and the transparency, isn't it, about how we go about looking at what is happening and what the risks are and what the best opportunity for everyone involved is. The thing that I come back to in this is um, some work that the Children's Rights Director did in, again, a little while ago, 2011, they gathered views from over 100 children who were or had been in care. And 
43% of the children said that they wouldn't have had to come into care if there'd been more support. 21% weren't sure about that. Um, but generally, children felt that parents should have had more support before children went into care. And I suppose that's the thing I come back to is what more can we do so, as a society? This isn't really just for social workers. Social workers do the best they can with the resources they've got, I think. But what more can we do as a society to ensure that when a child goes into care, they really feel that it was because there wasn't another option. There really wasn't. Um, not we didn't have the scope to offer sufficient family support. I think that's a big question. I think that's, um, yeah, it is huge. And it's also a question that comes after this podcast because this podcast is about the nine months gestation period. Yeah. So it's not even about the birth, is it? You know, that we're not even, we're not at the stage of talking about a child coming into care. We're at the stage of talking about how does a social worker engage meaningfully with a parent to protect their unborn child when those parents are doing things that are risk to that child that they might not have the skills, ability or desire sometimes even to stop doing. Yeah. Because and I, suppose I, was I just, can tell you that's a hard job. Yeah, and I was just thinking about the wider context really around the fact that um, – it's expected that you'd have a um, a medic involved, um, you know, health auxiliary people involved in a pregnancy. Um, it's not expected that you'd have a social worker involved. No, not and at actually, all. And actually, it probably feels quite like a failure in some ways if that happens. Um, and so if we turned things, if we had a different model where family support through social workers was offered to everyone, and it wasn't mm. setting you apart or saying universal. you couldn't do it, then I think it might feel yeah. quite different. Um, and you get very involved with the parents, Jerry. You get very involved, particularly with the mother, really, because you see her hope and her struggle and you see often the things that she can't do successfully and you see the impact that that will have. Um, so you see that the lack of safety that you're able to introduce into the household means that it will be very difficult for a newborn baby to go into that household. And yet you've really shared in that pregnancy and you've used Galensky's model and you've used all of the knowledge that you can about growing a healthy baby and everything with, with the mother. You've almost acted, in a way, you almost act like a coach and a mentor for the pregnancy, you know, Um and then comes the day when the baby's born and you also know that that baby has to come into care and you see the damage that that actually does to the woman because it does, you know, um, it's very distressing to bring children, newborn babies into care for the woman. There's just, there's just no way around that. Um, in terms of the, the impact on them is profound. And so therefore the impact on social workers is profound. Um, and it's something that I've had to do a few times in my life. And I certainly hold the faces of those women and their child's in my mind. You know, um, so it would be really great if as a society we could find ways to help 
women be healthy and safe and 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 men to be healthy and safe but that's a, a big ask isn't it yeah and in um in wales uh local authorities have been asked to put in place pilots to help parents who've had children come into care um to try to work with them to support them not just with the loss and the and the grief mm. um, but also mm. looking to the future if they might want to have another child and i think that yes. is something that we're starting to support with but it's part of it as you say a much bigger picture of how can we help um, people have the opportunity and the options mm. and that's what the pause program is about as well you know um it's about that idea that prior to another child being con conceived um you know if you wish to successfully parent a child you need to be able to work with someone to gain this support you to gain the skills and improve the circumstances um and as you say deal with the the grief and the loss um of that situation um but i th i think this is an area that just should remain troubling to us it really should be something that challenges our legal ethical human and social frameworks we should also question the overrepresentation of people who experience poverty in this area and the other thing we should question is the almost automatic inclusion of former looked after children so you know if you're a young child if you're a young um, mother to be who has also been looked after then that is a real red flag um, in terms of you know child protection and i wish it wasn't because I'd really like to think that if we'd been successful in our interventions, then the cohort of young people who had been in care would be amongst our most successful parents. And that is something to aspire to, isn't it? I think we should always be questioning and aspiring. Um, so, yeah, pre-birth is it's an area where some of the biggest questions about identity and rights and protection arise. And the sort of anchors that we have, I think, are the law and understanding why the law is the law it is in our particular area, you know, which mm. whichever country we're in, because, of course, the law is also culturally and socially um, influenced. We need to understand the evidence. So that's research about what um, what pregnancy you know, successful pregnancy needs, what parents need mm. um, and what seems to work to support that and also what people's experiences are and the impact across the life course so we're thinking not just about what we do now but what the implications of that are I think we do mm. need to seek support as social workers um, because it's it's traumatic work and mm. difficult work and it will very likely resonate with us personally and it's also important to work together to influence the social context so that there are more equal opportunities and options across society. Yes, so I think we should um, leave everybody with two questions for reflection. And I think these are goodies and they're certainly ones that I thought of very carefully while I was thinking about this um, podcast. What are my beliefs and values around pregnancy, birth and care for unborns and newborns? And what do I see as need or need for protection? And how does this fit with the law and evidence?